Hey guys, welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. You guys know who I am. Remember, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast apps such as Overcast, or over on GaySideStories.com slash shows, the hashtags GaySidePod and PodsByQPOC. That's what you should be using when you live tweet or post about the show on any of your social media. Appreciate everyone who does that. Send in your listener letters or your gay side mail to gaysidestories at gmail.com. Remember, that can be letters, compliments, show ideas, stories, whatever. If you had a weird experience with some dude on Jack, I want to hear about that, too. And I will probably include those things in the queer query. So send that stuff in, you guys. So this episode is going to be part two of the gay culture series. So to kick things off, let's hear a little bit about what gay culture is from the following. Frankie from What About Your Friends? Ronald Matters from Here For It, Jamin of the Keen Point of View podcast, my friend Thomas B, and past guests repping Dallas, Deja, Harold, and Jordan. Let's get into it, you guys. Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from What About Your Friends? You guys can follow me on Twitter at Frankie L. Rivera. Follow my co-host at Charnel B. And make sure you follow the podcast at W-A-Y-F underscore podcast. So I was given the you know, lovely task of defining what gay culture is, you know, to me, uh, from our friend Trolificent. So, uh, thank you for that. And, uh, I hope I don't fuck this up, but, um, you know, for me, gay culture is finding that, that one person, um, place or thing, you know, it doesn't even have to be one that, that makes you feel embraced and liberated and, you know, I remember being a little kid and just trying to find stuff on TV or or music or, you know, friends that, that I could relate to and that understood everything that I was going through. And it was, it was pretty difficult because, you know, I'd find a little something here and there, but it wasn't, you know, I couldn't find like an exact, um, I guess you could say an exact replica of, of who I was when I was little, Um, you know, at least until I got older. But you know, that's, it's all, it's all part of gay culture. And it's, it's one of the coolest things about it is that we, you know, we get to choose, we get to pick what's, what's part of our culture and, um, you know, what makes us feel, you know, happy or makes us feel, um, you know, like, like we belong. So, um, yeah. And, and, and it's also, it's also expression. It's also what sets you apart when it comes, whether it be fashion or, you know, communication, the way you, the way you leave an impact, the way you, you know, the way you share your story with others and, um, you know, being an advocate fighting against uh, injustice every day. Those are all, it's all part of expression. It's all, it's all part of, you know, what makes people, you know, look at you twice or, or makes, what makes you part of the, the conversation. Um, and for me, all of this, all of this stuff means finding home, finding, you know, a place where, you know, you can truly be happy or you can be happy with yourself and, you know, be happy with others and also finding strength in in such a divided world. You know, it's very hard for, for us as, you know, LGBT, as LGBT folk to, to be able to, you know, 
simply just, you know, walk down the street or, you know, go out in public sometimes, you know, without feeling, you know, nervous or scared because you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, for me, you know, that's what gay culture is. It's, it's, it's being fearless. It's, it's feeling like, you know, you, you belong here. You, you can own the, you can own the night, you can own the world. Um, I hope I, I hope that was a, a good enough answer for you guys. Um, you know, make sure you guys listen to What About Your Friends, new episodes every Tuesday. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you name it. Um, yeah. Happy Pride Month. Bye. Hey, it's Ronald Matters, and I just want to say gay culture and all of our subcultures involved are so dynamic, so inspirational, and all of us matter. Like, the world basically revolves around us. Is that too much to say? Hashtag Let's Argue and hashtag Gay Side Pod. Thank you for creating space for this conversation. Hi, Curtis. This is Jamin. Um, here's gay culture to me. Um, this is Jamin with Teen Point of View, the best intersection for gay politics and Christianity ever at Teen POV. On Twitter and Instagram, I gay gay culture means to me having a community of people who accept you for you as you are. However, um, that does come with a lot of caveats. If you are too effeminate, if you are too um, androgynous, if you are too black. If you are too Asian, if you are too uh, short, if you are too fat, if you are too whatever, uh, if you are too normal looking and not pretty enough, it it can be in a place of ostracization. Uh, is that the right word? Ostracization as well. Um, it's funny to me how the church, growing up in church, uh, the church always excluded gay people. Um, from everything except directing the choir, so it was kind of a kept secret or being in music ministry. But outside of that, uh, gay people were always uh, blasted from the pulpit, told they're being sinful, going to hell, uh, responsible for AIDS, all this other stuff. So it it amazes me how uh, gay clubs, gay bars and clubs popped up as a place for people to go because the church was... um, separating them and not um, being welcoming to them. I fault the church for that. But at the same time, um, I also fault the gay community itself. It started as a movement um, with black and black trans, a black trans woman and a Latin woman starting it, but yet it turned into what it is today with um, groups like the Human Rights Campaign and um, all these other groups that cater mostly to white men and um, social outings that cater mostly to white guys and it's turned into that now and if you're not white and at least borderline attractive and at least average build or better you will not get a date you will not get anyone to take you seriously you may have sex but you will not have anything meaningful as far as what comes out of the larger community uh so gay culture to me is a place of acceptance and also a place of um, something that needs work. I appreciate gay pride events. I appreciate
coming together and just enjoying each other for a night of dancing. It didn't matter what you looked like or anything like that. But um, we were all having a great time uh, dancing together. And it was great. Um, it was a wonderful time. However, uh, the next day, um, at, well, two days later at the festival, after the festival was over, you know, things kind of got back to normal. And um, if you go on vacation with gay guys um, who are away from the culture and the cities where they live and the communities they're in, they're a completely different person. They're nice to you. They will actually talk to you. They'll be friendly. Whereas when they're with their group, they won't. So um, gay culture is a place that needs work because you need to let go of those mean girl attitudes. We're not in high school anymore, but it's also a place of acceptance and sometimes can be un unconditional acceptance um, depending on where you go. And if you cannot find that, then create your own group for acceptance within the group and create your own place and space and make room for yourself in the place where they are. So that's what gay culture is to me. Thank you. Bye. I'm hanging up this time. She ain't hanging up on me. Hi guys, my name's Thomas Bridges. I'm from Orlando, Florida. Um, and I was asked, what are my views on gay culture? And as a whole, I feel it's a group of people who are fighting a fight to be accepted in a world that ultimately doesn't accept us but tolerates us and that's basically how I feel about it like our culture is just a group of people who are trying to be accepted like in everything that we do we, we fight for acceptance when I feel as if we shouldn't fight anymore like what's the use of us fighting for a people to accept us when they don't like just we can live with not being accepted and go on in life and just do what we have to do in life. But, I mean, at the same point, everyone wants to be accepted at some point or part of their life. So, it's just a journey that we all go through. It can be sad at times and at times it can't be. But I feel the gay culture is just looking for acceptance in all ways and with the recent activities of things that have been going on in the world all I can do is say we just need to pray but that's about all I really have to say about that I think that's about it yeah that's it you guys have a great night um, great day um, and have a blessed one Hey, what's up? This is Harold J09 from Dallas, Texas. Hey, uh, this is Jordan. Um, Jordan Doctorate of Five. I am from Houston, the Bayou City. Hey, everybody. This is Deja, also Q U E Z Quez. And today we're going to be talking about gay culture. Uh, to me, gay culture is a it's a broad spectrum. I would say of creativity. Um, strength, resilience, and longevity. That's what gay culture represents to me. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I actually agree with that, but I also think gay culture is, it's a subculture within itself. Um, I think gay culture can be a variety of, you know, feelings, things, what you do. So it's just, it's a big spectrum. I think gay culture is about family, uh, extended family that comes from the biological standpoint to where when people don't, when the family doesn't accept you when you first come into yourself and we come together as a community and we are, we, we become a family. Yeah, I actually agree with that too because, you know, it's like your family away from your family. You know, when you're not with your actual blood family, you do have the gay culture. And I know from what I've, you know, remember hearing that, you know, gay culture is basically your second family. So, I, it's, it's really a broad definition. Yeah, we all have different definitions of what gay culture is like I said it's a spectrum Um, creativity longevity we've been around gay culture has been around for a very long time even with things that we didn't think exactly was gay culture it is Mm -hmm. and now there's a lot of as as you said Jordan Mm -hmm. um subculture in the gay community now it's all of a sudden it's very mainstream gay culture has become mainstream and there's a lot of subcultures within it within it you know um I totally agree okay so now talk about what it means to you just because we're already at two and a half minutes well to me gay culture you, you mean personally um, gay culture is it means that you can just be happy like the definition what it originally was um, happy you can be yourself you can be free be a butterfly whatever you know and to me gay culture means acceptance it's like accepting who you are and just going with trusting your instincts and just being yourself and being honest with who you are and just being happy with mm-hmm. being happy with yourself yeah it's 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 important to me because it um it represents a part of who i am mm-hmm. that's what gay culture is to me um and who i strive to be um when i when i think about like when I was talking about strength, when I think about like the uh, Stonewall riots and mm-hmm. things in the '60s, things like that, like it represents strength. That's what gay culture is for me. You know what? And a lot of times, mainstream society doesn't see gay culture as strength. So I'm so glad you brought that to my attention. You know? Yeah. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. It's strength. Yeah, strength. Absolutely, and I mean just and I mean this is a, probably another topic altogether. But like when you think about black culture, you just you want to you want to take away from it all the the positive things and the things that that people have done before 
you know, for us, the, the positive things that people have done. And I just want to hold on to that when it comes to mm-hmm. gay culture. Right. But, of course, things get crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably what we're going to talk about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that cut and dry. Yeah. Never. And now, let's continue the conversation with someone a little bit older in the community. So I have with me on this episode, J.W. Richard. J.W., thank you so, so much for agreeing on relatively short notice to join me to facilitate this conversation about gay culture. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm listening. I'm just excited that your show is back in the mix. And not only do you come back doing your shows, you've got a whole mission to really gather uh, all of the QPOC podcasts together with your hashtag uh, pods, um, pods by QPOC, right? It's a, make sure there's a word I'm missing. Yeah, pods. yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Okay. Fantastic. We'll see that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm doing my best. Doing my best. <laughs> I got to keep thinking of ways to get it out there and, and get more podcasts to submit because I know it's it's easy enough for the podcast that I'm aware of, but it's the ones that I'm not aware of, which I've had some, and I'm appreciative that they jumped on board and submitted their details, but I know there's plenty more. I mean, I don't expect it to be, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, but I think there may be a couple hundred out there. So if you're hearing this and you know of a QPOC-hosted podcast, let them know about the directory and send them my way. But speaking of podcast, you mentioned in our brief introduction that you have a podcasting pass, and I would love to hear a little bit about that. Okay, sure. Um, from 2005 to 2010, I came back to Dallas. I was in Houston for a little while with a band, and I came back to Dallas for a job. I wanted a way to get into the gay community in Dallas. And I just heard about something called podcasting. And so I started doing some stuff, going through some HTML, learning about RSS, and put together a show called Mandrake Society Radio. And Mandrake Society Radio ran for those five years, 20, uh, uh, 2005 to 2010. And um, it was a great experience in learning about the community and, and people were tripping about the name sometimes because like going well i don't know if it's gay mandrake society radio and i said well mandrake is an herb that was used um for childbirth and was also referenced for um an Af- as an aphrodisiac so one of the tagline for the show was make love give birth change your community and i was really talking about uh in terms of ideas although you could say uh, a baby would be a change for the community as well. So that was Matrix Society Radio. Wow. Talk about OG 2005. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was a tra- it was a tricky thing, right? I mean, because at that time, like now, people understand what podcasts are. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of laugh about that because I remember talking to people and wanting to have them uh, interviewed on a podcast. And um, they were like, what? is a podcast. What is that? And so um, 
yeah, it, it was really funny selling that idea to some people locally, but then things sort of took off and they began to hear more about it and uh, had a chance to talk with a lot of different local people as well as entertainers uh, from across the country. That's amazing. So not only do I have someone with a little bit more experience than me just in life, I also have a, a, a pod father. <laughs> I love learning about these interesting things about people. Like I, I would not have ever known that you had done that had you not just mentioned it and setting up to do this show with me. So, Well, I was going to say there's actually one way that you will um, hear about more Black Gay podcasts soon. Stephen Fullwood is actually putting together a podcast directory of all the different podcasts uh, that were done before and done and are done now. So he's actually taking information from people and having them send clips of those podcasts. So there would be a podcast directory. Mm-hmm. He's done the same thing for um, Black Gay parties like he's taking flyers and made this sort of archive of different yeah, parties yeah, that were yeah. done across so yeah this is one way that, uh, that a lot of people will find out about our history in in, in podcasting too. wow that's super interesting I'll have to be on the lookout or hopefully you'll share that with me and I can share that with my listeners because I would be very interested in seeing that because right now the effort that I'm doing is just podcasts that are smaller and new on the scene i mean there's some bigger ones on there too but it's all within the past what five to six years versus that history that you're saying that's what eight years ago or more Mm -hmm. so but your history is what you're bringing now is important people uh and, and it's great to have that collection of podcasts now so that we also see different shows that were before. And as you understand, it's a lot of work to put together a podcast to make weekly shows. So you get how much work in production and and subject matter and all those different things going on. So it's just recognizing and honoring that history. Exactly, exactly. So I'm excited about that. I'm glad you told me. Mm -hmm. Be on the lookout for that. So let's switch gears and let's get into the gay culture. So first up, I want to know what is gay culture to you? How do you define it? What it is, and I guess I'm trying to make sure I don't answer what it should be. um, It can be an opportunity for men to create gay men to create brotherhood with each other. Um, I don't believe that the internet has helped us in that effort. I don't believe that um, dating apps have helped us in that effort. Um, But for some people, that's all they really have. And um, so gay culture for me would be the opportunity for gay men to spend time, create a sacred place, and and I say sacred, including the sexual, a sacred place among other gay men, away from our allies, our straight allies that may mean well, but they're just sometimes when we need to be with each other, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And even from the women that we may call good Judy's, um, whether they're, um, whether they're uh, heterosexual or lesbian. Um, I just think we need that time to be with ourselves and we talk some, talk some of ourselves and, and build that brotherhood. That's what gay culture means to me. Um, and that opportunity is always there in different parts of where we live. Okay. So you already answered the next question, but since you mentioned it, let's double back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I have two bonus questions. <laughs> <laughs> so first, I want to know where do you see the Internet and the apps fitting within the culture? You said they don't really f- help bolster the culture, but what's their position in your opinion? I'm very sure that the creation of apps, dating apps, I'm sure it was done in a way to really make it easier for people to find each other, other gay people. And I can imagine if you're living in the city versus someone who's living not in the city, um, depending on where you are with your coming out process and, and different things like that. When you first get involved, you're like, oh, wow, okay, I'm finding other people that are connected like me. But then when you're using the apps, you realize the, the, the issues and the, 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 the real uh, challenges with these apps in terms of, you know, is it all going to be about top bottom? Is it all going to be about, you know, body pieces? So you never really get a whole face and body oh. and the real person. All you get are, you know, your dick pic or your ass pic. And it's just, again, it's all pieces. And um, then you're really having to connect with that person once you meet, and it's almost like starting all over again. So even all the things you shared on the app, that's one thing. But once you meet, then you're actually really seeing the person. And it's, it's almost like a little bit of start over. So, um, yeah, that's a challenge. That's a real challenge. Okay. Is there any goodness to them outside of maybe helping people find, or should I say helping men find other men like them, even if it's not necessarily the most platonic uh boundaries i said su- i suppose if it helps men find sex and sex is really all they're looking for um then i guess in that sense it's doing what it's, it, it's doing what it was created to do um i guess i just say the challenge is part because i hear the loneliness that we have even after you know a quick sex deal. There's just that loneliness that we don't always know what to do with. And I question whether what other outlets we could have um, to build real community. Also, when I hear safety concerns, because I mean, you are meeting someone you've never seen before and you don't know if the person you're seeing is really the person you're seeing. Um, So there's all of that. And it's just extra things to think about. I agree. But sometimes I wonder if it's just the culture of or within the apps is too far gone to really change and really make it 
what I think was the original intent of those apps. Whereas it can be all things. It can be a social app. It can be something that brings community together versus strictly for sex. Because I, I feel like a lot of the elements of these apps, they're just kind of bastardized because of convenience. Like, oh, it's it's a GPS enabled thing so you can see guys close to you. And it's like, yeah. And that could be so that it's easier to get to the genitals. But it also could be because that means you can see somebody that lives around the corner from you and you can go have a drink or meet up and, and make a new friend. But the culture mm-hmm. is is kind of has kind of, in my opinion, anyway, bastardized those features to make it one thing, one size fits all, one stop shopping. And I don't know if we can combat. I, I see every now and then there's a push from Grinder and from Jacked to change the way guys act on those apps, but I don't know. I, I my gut tells me that your opinion on there needs to be a different way, something new in order to foster that. And you know the interesting thing about Mm -hmm. it? I feel like we used to have that to a degree. And for whatever reason it changed with the apps. Maybe it was the location element. But I think back to BGC like black gay chat and different sites like that where they had community boards and people were building relationships with people that they may never meet may not even know if that's what you really look like but you would get on there every night or every other night or or have a set time that you would get on there with your quote unquote friends Mm -hmm. and talk about stuff it was community and it was serving that purpose. And at the same time, if you happen to come across somebody and y'all were digging each other physically, you could have the sexual element too. And it works yes. both in tandem versus now it's just everybody's like, this is a sex app. And it's like, no, it's a social app. You choose to make it about sex, which is fine. But it has more, more than that. Otherwise, it wouldn't have so many features. It would be just a are you looking for sex yes or no and there's even that feature depending on what app it's like yes I'm looking no I'm not but anyway right no I, I, believe, I believe you're absolutely right there's an opportunity um, and I guess that's why I say it like that there there are challenges now but the, what those challenges present opportunities to use it in a different way right. it doesn't have to be um, all a negative experience you could like have a dinner and say okay well you know every Thursday we're having so and so dinner at this place, you know, if you're new in the community or if you're new in the Houston community, you can come and, you know, have dinner with us and it's just us guys. And so we're just chatting, you know, and it could be at a public place. So if there are concerns, you know, concerning the whole GPS, it could be in a public place. So you say, hey, just come meet and we're just going to chat here in this public place that we all agree on. And then that way it could be a place that new people who are in the community can just find out, hey, how can we just, you know, just meet and greet from there and then just take it off from there. So yeah, there are, there are definitely opportunities. And so I, I agree. Um, it's just what you do with it. Yeah. So we say all that to say that the apps do play a huge role in the culture. <laughs> sure. Most definitely. I mean, it's, it's what we, if you don't know how to reach somebody, you're like, okay. Cause I, I know when I first came out, I didn't really like, I look at a lot of 
associates of mine who are younger. And now that you have all of these hotlines that you can call, you have um, in Dallas, there is um, UB, which is United Black Element, and they do a lot of events. And you don't have to be a specific age, I don't believe, to be a part of that, but you know, it's mostly younger guys. And I love that. I love that they have now places you can go, uh, even our resource center, that you can hang out and you can you know, connect with other people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about that when I came out. So, you know, that's that. Yeah, it's a, the younger people do have a lot and a lot of interesting resources. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it before, and now I'm curious, what, in your opinion, should the culture be? Sure, just a way to build more community. Um, again, when I say this, I don't mean to be in any way uh, exclusionary of, of people, of, of women or uh, our heterosexual allies. I do believe that there are times when we as gay men need to gather with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we'll, it'll make us better people because we then have the time to do everything. Um, the word is, uh, as I was reading, the word is sacred and it is including the, the sexuality and, you know, so sacred is just more of this is a special place where we can gather. And you know how when you're with your certain friends that you don't have to explain the jokes yeah. and you don't have yeah. to do certain things. Uh, and we know that we cruise and we know that we do these things. You know, that is where I want to have that type of community where you can come in here and if you want to cruise, if you want to laugh and joke, and there's places for that, and we're just here among men. Um, it's, it'd be our rich community. Some would may even use the word tribe or, or different things like that. It's just that type of... That's what I um, want. Gay, and then we have each other's backs. Um, yeah. So basically, a, a more community feel, bringing the community together right in a more positive aspect in a more positive way and i know that this exists um in pockets right yeah Um, i was gonna say it kind of exists in pockets but it's not an overall at least it's if if it is it's not highlighted the way at least in my opinion it should be so on that take on that thing i'll ask you a question Mm -hmm. when you go to a gay club how do you feel when there are, you know, heterosexual women in that club and they're having a bachelor party? Well, first and foremost, it's been 84 years since I've been. To- <laughs> and, well, if it's been 84 for you, you know, it's been 96 uh, for me. So um, um, I've never experienced that personally, but I guess I can give my overall thoughts. And I think. Number one, it says something to the fact that there is a community to tap into and that those women are aware of it. But it's also a it's also taking advantage of it because it's like in order to get away from this, 
which we don't want, we're going to invade this other space. I, I do still feel like it's an invasion because you're having a whole event that's about you in a space that was not created or designed for you, but you have identified that it's safe for you. Mm -hmm. And in that, that does nothing for us. There we go. And that's what I'm talking about. I um, mean, yeah, basically it's like yes. allowing you into our space and you get to have your fun and get drunk and you don't have to worry about straight men treating you like, how they treat you that's mm -hmm. all fine and good but you're in our space that we created for us because in other walks of life and it could be even the same people the same women you would not want us in your space you Speaking. did not want us in your space which is why we created our own so that we could come and be amongst our brethren and our sistren and our whatever the word for non-binary right <laughs> well right i hear you going you know i think it's i think it's a it definitely is an invasion and it's different for us going to a straight club because that's for most of us or i won't say most but for a lot of us that's usual practice of an attempt at assimilation mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of like an everyday thing for a lot of us versus in our space we get to be ourselves completely if you want right. to if in no other aspect of your life would you have the courage to wear heels and a purse and do all of that kind of stuff but you mm -hmm. feel it in that club that's powerful yes and it yes. is it is a little stank for lack of a better term right now to have people come into the space and just really monopolize the experience and change it into something completely different. And it's also, but it is sad. I, I, I can't ignore the fact that it's sad that you have to do that in order to feel safe and have a good time without worrying about something happening to you. But that should not be at the expense of us making way for you in our space if that's the case then there needs to be a, an initiative and, and cities need to hopefully have people that will say you know what i'm gonna create a space that's specifically for heterosexual women to come and enjoy themselves and have bachelorette parties and all that kind of good stuff that way they can have their own space and they don't have to worry about being treated any kind of way and those i just feel that those are uh, are necessary things and again i want to uh, emphasize that i don't i i know that there are times when we all need to come together especially when we're working towards common goals and there are times when we need our allies we need our lesbian sisters uh we need our trans brothers and sisters um and i do also believe there are times when we are enriched when we do have just our gay brothers together. I, I believe it with our with our lesbian sisters. I believe that they are enriched when yeah. they just have a time just with them. Uh, same thing with our trans brothers and sisters. I believe that there is places and times where trans men need to be with other trans men who get it, who understand. Same thing with trans women. So it, I mean, it's, it's just really with everyone, everyone because with know, everyone. But I think. Uh, that hierarchy is most things are catered to and for heterosexual men 
and the rest of us kind of have to take what we can get. And if we're lucky enough to band together enough or just have someone who has us in mind, because we know that a lot of gay clubs are not owned by gay people. Mm, now that's a whole nother thing right yeah, there. That's someone. a whole nother thing, but someone who <laughs> gay, gay owned business <laughs> either thinks enough <laughs> about us to create that space or wants to exploit us because we have the disposable income, uh-huh. whatever the case may be, at least we have that space. But the culture is fostered by camaraderie, and that's every culture. That's like I said, straight men, straight women, trans people, and us, gay men, lesbian women, we all are, are, as you said, enriched when we're able to have that community aspect. Yes. So I want to ask, where did you learn about gay culture? You know, when I came out and I moved to Houston, I had a chance to meet with someone who who doesn't live there in Houston now. His name was Paul Guillory. Um, And at the time, he was the leader of a group called the Men's Gathering. And the Men's Gathering was a powerful thing for me. And it was powerful for two reasons. One all the men in that group were black or African-American or at least had the same skin tone. I saw men in there that looked like they could have been in my family. And that was a big thing for me. I mean, the first thing that I ever experienced um, seeing black men that looked, myself, looked like myself and that were gay was the film Tongues Untied. Um, so, yeah. That's really where I began to learn was the men's gathering. Okay. So you had a real community introduction. So it makes a lot of sense why, in your opinion, community is so important to the culture Mm -hmm. overall. Most definitely. For sure. So do you feel like there's a gap in the passing of the culture from one generation to the next? I do think that there is a way um, in which we need to be tied to our history mm-hmm. that we're not tied to. I mean, a little bit was just in what we were talking about with the podcast thing before. And understandably, you know, because podcasts are still relatively new and people are still relatively just finding out about them and subscribing to them and, you know, finding ways to, to monetize them. Um, I can understand where a lot of people just didn't make those connections, but I think along those terms. So media, books, uh, films, there needs to be a way in which we tie to our culture and tie to the culture, the the people that came before us um, so that people know what they're building on and they understand, okay, this is not just something new I created. There have been a whole lot of people that have put some things together. I guess I want to say that there's definitely more opportunities available for people to find out um, about the culture that they're involved in, and there are opportunities. Um, I can't speak if everyone, if there's a gap for everyone, because there's some people who are like very well acquainted and very well entrenched in our history. Mm-hmm. 
But um, I guess there is a gap, but that gap is being closed by shows like this that expose mm-hmm. more information of what's going on around right now as well as what went on before. So it's an opportunity, and shows like this help meet that goal, or at least in one way it uh, will meet the goal. Other things that help are, or, or I'll say other things that would help would also be gay bookstores. Interestingly enough, you know, a lot of our gay bookstores have closed. Uh, we don't have those anymore. And that was something uh, as information for different people coming into the community, wherever you are, wherever you were in your journey, because you'd have books that dealt with where you were. Once again, a sacred space where we could get stories about our lives. And now, you know, in the day of Amazon and books of Barnes and Noble and all that stuff like that, our books are on everyone's shelves. But how do you know what to look for? What authors are you looking for? What subject matter? And if they do have a subject matter, like James Baldwin may be in the main authors under B and not in gay. And if you do get the gay section, whether you go to a mainline bookstore or like Half Price Books, you don't know all that. There's a whole lot more that's missing in this. and You just don't have people who care about our community in the same way that um, those bookstores did. That was their passion to, to keep us tied to the present and the past. And that's kind of a correct me if I'm wrong, based on what you're saying, it's kind of a shared responsibility. Sure. Definitely for the older generation to make sure that the history is not forgotten and passed on, but also for the younger generation to which we know that the practicality is not there, but you would hope that the younger generation would realize I don't really know much about this other than the sexual aspect and the stuff that I see on on TV and on Twitter but what's the real history so I, I get what you're saying I definitely get it I talked about this a little bit when I was having this conversation with some younger guys on part one of the series and I'm curious about your thoughts on it and that was that in my opinion, from some things that I've seen over the years and from interactions online and, and whatnot, I've seen that there's an element of the older generation not really appreciating the younger generation as young men beyond what they can get from them. So it's like a... like the way older men approach younger men, there's a lack of respect. And I'm not saying in all situations, obviously, but you know, you have to put that out there, but I've seen that in a lot of instances. And to me, it was always like a, I am chasing youth. So I need something youthful next to me. And I want to be around young, beautiful bodies because that makes me feel young. And so the element of passing on the culture is lost because it's like, you don't see them as the next generation. You see them as a nice young 
fuck for lack of a better term mm-hmm. it's interesting i i guess that hasn't been my experience mm-hmm. um so i'm curious about you know the different things you've seen uh surrounding that and i guess it really has been more like if a young man happens to, if a, an older man happens to approach a young man and they really only see them as a a potential sex yeah uh, as, a, as an object as a sexual yeah object. and not as and not in the whole father figure in terms of like really passing on information or just like a mentor in situation and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature however now that i think about it and i said that on the last episode and i do mm-hmm. hope, i do believe that that's true to an extent i also feel like there's some truth in saying that sometimes the younger generation can look at the older generation in the same way just with a different goal in mind mm-hmm. so it's a I like older men because XYZ but it's like I really like older men because they're established and they'll take care of me and so you're looking at it I'm not looking at you as someone as a gatekeeper of cultural information that can be passed on to me I'm looking at you as a come up not saying all again, but I do think sure. that there's an element that kind of runs rampant in the community where the two generations are not seeing each other as the bearers and the coming up. It's what can I get from you because you have something that I lack. Okay, so yes, an opportunity for both younger and older men to sort of uh, question how we look at each other, um, and not in a sense of like, because I, I believe that you know, if there's if there is a uh, a sexual relationship or something that that feels good, feels healthy, and can build, okay, great. Um, but then we have to look at okay, so what more do we do? And again. We're, we're, it's a lot of variables, right? So those young men that are reaching out to some of the older men, some of those older men they're reaching out to may not, all they may know is, you know, sexual things. They may not really, they may not be very aware of the history themselves because Correct. they may have come out late. So yeah. you may be trying to hit up with a guy who's like, you know, 45, 50, 55, because he looks nice. He has, you know, nice stuff. But he may have just come out like five years ago and have really no idea of right. gay history and yeah. any of that stuff. So he really didn't even know what to give you. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. I think it just depends on the environment, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, with some of the younger men, um, yeah, it's they may know far more because they've been out longer. They've been able to be open mm-hmm. longer. And so they <laughs> in many ways may know a whole lot more culture because they have been connected to it. Right. Cause it was, it was, it was safer, not safe, but it's been yeah, safer, safer for the younger generation to come out earlier and maybe not even necessarily learn culture, but create culture. Right. I think there's a right. lot of just creation of culture and maybe even rediscovery. Because mm-hmm. you're not reinventing the wheel, but you're doing something that was done before, but it was lost in translation. There you go. 
There you go. And as you connect, as you create that culture around you, what I would say when I see that is first, I love it. I love what you are doing now. I honor what you are doing now. Here are some things that have been done before. And if there's anything from this that can help you now, fantastic. Mm -hmm. That way you know what happened before and it's here as a tool to guide you, not say, well, you don't know what you're doing. What they used to be back in the day was much better and you don't know what you're doing right now. I would never do that. Right. So in your opinion, what are the important parts of the culture that every gay man should have some passing knowledge about? Um, I believe that they should know about our presence and how our presence has always been here in the ways that it has always been here in um, definitely in arts um, but also in business and in community building in politics the way that we've always been here it's important for them to know that um and music is such a huge thing for us um i know for gay men we we have a lot we have a rich history uh, of things to share so they just need to know that we've always been here maybe in different ways but we've always been here and to just honor that you know when they gather you know speak the names of the men who've gone before speak the names of people who had it not been for aids would still be here mm-hmm. you know speak those names so that their spirits and their work continue on in what you do and it's interesting that you mentioned that because in part one the guys were saying that in their opinion the dealing with the AIDS epidemic is one of the contributing factors to the gap between the older and the younger generation. So I thought that was interesting that you mentioned that. That is one way. And then also the loss of our spaces. That's kind of where I mm-hmm. was like, okay, not only the, the, the gap of uh, what AIDS did to our brothers and how it took our elders away. Um, but the loss of our spaces mm-hmm. and somehow the feel that we didn't need those specific gay spaces anymore. But I think part of it is it's difficult for spaces to grow and adapt as life and culture changes. And so it's like we're we're missing that and I think to an extent the internet is filling the gap or filling the void rather but it's not the same because it's not concentrated and I think the other thing is like I said before even though the internet is kind of stepping up and being a bomb in that situation and more often than not people are different on the internet than they are in person. It's true. So I think that those physical locations added a sense of authenticity. So you mentioned earlier 
the place that music holds for us as a community. So I'm curious on your thoughts of why we as gay men hold female musicians and actresses and celebrities in such high regard. Like, why do we stand for these women so hard? Many of them, I I know that many female musicians have been allies for our community. Um, And we've seen what, what, um, what women have done, you know, once they've gotten into their particular roles and how they've been that ally. Um, I know that I personally have that same question when pe- when men, when gay men go so far to, you know, stand for their favorite queens or favorite female singers. Now, I love uh, female voices, and I, you know, coming from a history, especially of acapella, music i am very you know i love just different music and different musical styles i do think though that there are many men and especially when we're talking about gay men and gay male musicians that sometimes get overlooked i I think we just see the power uh that the women have i do think though we have to be cautious that we're not like I remember when guys were in the clubs dancing to single ladies when Beyonce did that. And I said, you know what? I have a problem with that song. Why are we dancing to single ladies? You know, she's saying, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. And at that time, marriage equality wasn't even a thing for us. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why are we dancing to putting a ring on it? Why are we sitting here, you know, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, going, well, that doesn't make any sense for us as gay men. I mean, sometimes you have to stop and ask yourself, okay, is that song really connecting with me as a gay man? And I, I question why that's being bumped so loud here in this gay club when no one really here has the ability to get married, when it's illegal for you to get married. Hell, I mean, it was only what, 2003 that if it weren't for that particular case, you know, it was actually illegal for you to even have sex with another man in your own bedroom. And so we have, and there's a lot of stuff that we just have to go like, no, no, some, I'm all about the great songs. Trust me. I like, I listen to Janet's latest song and I'm, I do, I do love what Janet, um, does musically. I love how Janet has been a, um, someone of an, of an ally for the culture. Um, but am I standing for her? Like she's my ultimate one. Mm, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why they're held. I don't know if I necessarily have a great answer for why they are held in such high regard. So let's wrap this up with this last question. In what ways do you think the culture can improve and be better? I believe that as gay men, we need to find ways to be involved in real community around us. I don't believe that. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to jump on boards of organizations and, and, you know, join on everyone's fundraiser. But I do believe that there is a real connection when you step out of the shadows and get involved 
with real community around you. Um, not only does it help you, but it helps other people. Uh, again, other gay men who may not have even known it, and now they connect with you and they have this sense of history. Even if it's just in the history of just one person. Like, wow, okay, so I'm not alone out here. I, I do have someone who's under, who understands some of my journey, understands some of what I feel when I'm dealing with this and, and, and coming out. Um, get involved and create real community around you. Whatever that means for you and the community around you. Look around you. If there are people that are around you that are you know, all the same age or all the same thing, See if you can try to reach out to some people that don't look, you know, if you if it's all a younger group and you want to connect with some older gay men, see if there's older gay men that will be interested in just talking and sharing amongst your young group. This is the same way I'd want for older men, if they were talking, to have a couple of young people in there that listen to some stuff and feedback on some ideas. And, you know, that way we just learn from each other and share from each other and take back to our friends and grow. And the, and the culture continues. Fair enough. That's going to wrap things up. JW, again, <laughs> thank you so, 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 so much for agreeing to be on the show and give your thoughts and opinions on gay culture. Well, thank you. Thank you for the invite. I really appreciate it. I'm coming from someone who has enjoyed your show and was reached out to be on it. I'm like, well, okay, wow, that. I, I did not expect that. Thank you very much. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Okay, so I'm on Twitter um, at Mandrake. That's uh, M-A-N-D-R-8-K-E. It's, uh, so the 8 instead of the A. So you can find me at Mandrake on Twitter. You can also find me at Mandrake on Instagram, although I'm really not on there very much. Uh, a lot of times I'm talking about local craft beer and that is also on instagram but you can find that at ntx underscore beer and that's uh north texas beer ntx underscore beer awesome awesome thank you again <laughs> for being on well thank you for having me and uh, uh again blessings to this show and i hope you get more listeners as it, it just it just needs to be uplifted and just like that, another episode of Gay Side Stories is done, you guys. So first up, I want to thank everyone who participated in this two-part gay culture series. It really came out, in my opinion, phenomenally. I, I'm i not going to lie. I got a little emotional putting it together. It was just something so powerful hearing about what gay culture is and what it means to different men from all different walks of life so again thank you to everyone who participated i don't think this will be the end of the gay culture series but it is for now obviously there's so much to our culture so many layers to peel back so i definitely want to revisit this sometime in the future with some different people hopefully some of my podcast peers and some other people just out there that listen to the show will hop on and we can discuss it a little further but in the meantime, you guys, GaySideStory.com, that's the hub for all information. Send your questions, your letters, your I can't believe this dude did this to me on Jacked. All of that to GaySideStories at gmail.com. Rate, 
subscribe apple Podcasts, soundcloud all of those places you know where to find the show thank you so much for listening thank you for your support just thank you guys i don't even know what else to say in regards to that make sure that you share this show with someone share this show with someone else in the community with other gay men i really think that the gay culture series is important for as many people to hear as we can get so please make sure that you are sharing this episode 77 and part one episode 76 with some of your brethren sistren whatever you want to call them also you guys remember you can find me over on ratchet ramblings on the cspn with jeremy and candace and as always just love yourself top bottom verse oral I don't want nobody in my house. Whatever you identify as, just love yourself and protect your walls. And I'm out. I'll see you guys next week.